Series podcast. I'm your host Brandon. Uh, Mike is here. Devin may or may not be here. He's busy with work stuff, and we have a special guest. We have Charmaine, who's back with us. She was you heard her on our Insecure review, uh, but she's back. She's the host of the Militantly Mixed and Militantly Mixed as Fuck podcast. Fuck Charmaine, Militantly Mixed Black as Fuck. Oh, Militantly Mixed Black as Fuck. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> What's going on? How are you? I'm pretty good. How you doing? Right. Okay, I don't know if I'm right, but is that Shawn Michaels? Yes, that's Shawn Michaels. See, you know. <laughs> Devin, have you, I mean, Mike, have you ever heard that? Uh, I've heard that song before. I don't know who that person is, though. Don't hate me. Oh, yeah, of course you don't know Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is the GOAT. And I played the song because he retired in 2010, and he's coming out of retirement later this month, so... For the first match in eight years. So it's kind of a big deal in the wrestling world. Uh, so that should be good. But uh, we are back to talk all this week's news and nerd stuff, comic books, TVs, movies, all this stuff. We have some good topics today to talk about. Um, but first, we're going to talk, talk to Charmaine. So can you talk to everybody a little bit about your show, how it got started, and all that good stuff? Sure. Um, so I'm basically just a walking mixed up person. Like I just talk about being mixed all the time. Um, I, until recent DNA tests, I used to say that I was just your average black, Japanese, Irish, English, German, black, Seminole, native American, Spanish, and Creole (laughs) bisexual, polyamorous, atheist woman. (laughs) But, um, but now because of a DNA test, I found out there's a lot of shit I'm not. And a lot of new shit that I am. What'd you Um, find out? Well, on my, we did two of them. I did the African ancestry, uh, one that actually kind of deep dives into your, your African heritage. So we found out that we're from three tribes in Gabon, um, the Sogo, the Atike and the Koto people. And, um, Fun fact, the Koto people are polyamorous as well. Uh, So it's in my DNA. Uh, And then um, the German stuff is not there, which is weird because my my white family has a German last name. And we've been thinking we were German to Irish from West Virginia forever. But I guess they're just like Scandinavian and Scots-Irish from West Virginia folks. So... So, yeah, and there's no Native American in there at all. And we have on both sides of my family, we have stories about Native American family members that I think is probably just stories. <laughs> <laughs> so so now I have to try to find a new catchy way to describe. Um, right now, I'm just like black, Japanese and white, I guess, until I figure it out. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm super mixed. Everybody in my family is mixed. My parents were biracial, all of my cousins and stuff like that. So my whole world was just mixed race oriented and then I got into the real world and other people didn't talk about it like we did um and a lot of the mixed people I knew had to either claim one or the other and this kind of stuff 
bothers me. So I just talk about it all the time and I wanted to uh, connect with other mixed race people and and talk about their experiences as well. And so from that came Militantly Mixed, um, which originally was going to be something that I was going to do with my childhood friend, Blurred Vision. And um, he wasn't available at the time. I was ready to pull that trigger. And now that he is, we do the second show, which is Militantly Mixed, the Black as Fuck edition. And that is real. that's really more like the political aspects of blackness from our mixed black perspective. So we do both those shows. Uh, Black as Fuck is on Tuesdays and Militantly Mix is on Thursdays. Thursday's show is more of like an experience base. Like I speak with one guest every week. They talk about their mixed race heritage and their experiences growing up and, and maneuvering world as an adult mixed race person. And um, and then the Tuesday show, we talk more about like blackness and politics and shit like that. That is awesome. I listened to the Black as Fuck version. Uh when did I listen to that for the first time? I think it was like right after we joined that group. And that's when oh, I was okay. like, and then that's when I was like, and Stephanie listened to it and we was like, we have to get you on the show. <laughs> uh, so uh, that show is definitely something great. You got to check it out if you're into all types of stuff. Because y'all basically on the, on Militantly Mixed, y'all talking about all types of stuff. Yeah, so. it's it's really just like kind of what's going, similar to what you guys do, like what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. Um, my, my, my friend, Blurred Vision, he and I, uh, we've known each other since we were like fourth grade. We've been comic book geeks and, and uh, video game geeks and shit like that, like our whole lives. Um, but m- most of our majority of our friendship has been spent not living in the same state or the same city. But we always, you know, anytime something related to mixed raceness would pop up, I'd get a message. And he'd be like, you see this shit? You know, and then and back and forth. So we've been doing this for like, you know, 25, let's see how long we would have known each other by now. 30 years, I guess. And um, so when I got back here, we still don't see each other ever. We live like two towns apart right now um, in LA and we never see each other, but we talk all the time. And so we're like, we might as well start recording this shit. Um, we haven't started talking a lot about our, our love of comics, uh, mostly because we kind of, we kind of don't actively read books right now, but we, you know, we have our like nostalgic comic book knowledge and and the uh, cinematic universes and stuff like that so we we haven't started doing that much on the show but we talk about anything under the sun that has to do with a black perspective like when we can view it through our black mixed black lens you know so that yeah we do that a lot mike you see we got another mixed person on brandon um as much as i would love to help i'm barely mixed you're not barely mixed how are you barely mixed no one people look at me they don't see they just see a white guy that don't mean you ain't mixed. Well, it's all about that social perception. Your daddy uh, is not white. That's true. He doesn't look white, but I do. So that means you're mixed. Hey, I'm proud. I'm just saying. When people look at me, they don't really. That's just. That's just. What's what your I do. What's your other mixed part? My Are dad, the... he's uh, was born in Lebanon, so straight out of. Uh, okay, the so you're East. the half a bit I heard about. <laughs> yep, that's me. Uh, <laughs> but my mom is Italian. <laughs> So, yeah, my husband is uh, he's half German, half Palestinian. So, um, I call him half a Bic or half a Stinian, depending <laughs> on, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it's basically the same thing. I mean, you know, so my my dad actually got some shade back in the day for picking an Italian woman. I heard the Lebanese they like to stick to their own, according to the rest of the people in my family, but <laughs> yeah, worked out nicely. Like I'm glad to have multiple, you know, more culture even though it you know i don't know how to describe it 
Absolutely. Well, that's what that's the kind of stuff we talk about on our show. Um, recently, we had an episode about white passing, which was a, a person who was mixed with white and Peruvian, but she presents mostly white, and she felt like she wasn't allowed to claim her mixed heritage. It sounds very similar to kind of what you just did. Yeah. You know, everybody sees me as, so therefore I'm not. But you know, you're a part of the mixed race story too, and um, your experience is just as valid a part of it as as anybody else that's mixed. So you got to get out there. You know, wave your flag. I just don't want to be seen as somebody who is identified as one thing by the social people and then is claiming to be something that people think I'm not. You know what I mean? But Yeah, that's that's the story of white passing. We should talk. We I don't want talk to on my show. cause problems. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't want to cause problems in the cultural communities with things, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of my sides, both of them, but, you know, I'm quieter <laughs> than I probably should be. <laughs> Brandon knows. Every yes, time, I do know. Every time they, you know. Going to certain topics, I'm more passive. You're yeah. learning, though. I am learning. You're I've learned learning. a lot from Brandon actually over the last what two years. So yeah, a lot. Uh, so Charmaine, talk about uh, your your nerd history. When did you start reading comic books? When did you get into all the movies and all just the whole nerd culture thing? Um, my first books when I was a kid were X-Men books. Um, I, I really, I don't specifically remember my early, which early books it was, but I remember the book that changed me and that was, um, Days of Futures Past. Like that, that thing was, I don't know what it was about it. I just connected with it and, and I loved it. I was always a big Batman fan, although Batman is, is really the only part of the DC universe I ever gave a fuck about. Spider-Man or, I mean, Superman, like whatever the fuck, um, I never got into it. My brother was really into Superman. I was really into um, Batman, the X-Men, and then that that changed over time into um, Iron Man and uh, and Black Panther were kind of my my core my core books when I was younger. Um, I haven't read I, I and then I didn't read like Iron Man and Batman for or I'm sorry Iron Man and uh, Black Panther for years until until they were a part of the MCU and that's when I kind of got back into them. But the X-Men appealed to me as a mixed race kid. I attached to the X-Men because they were these, you know, seemingly normal on the outside, but something about them was very different different, and it made them isolated and I could just connect it to them. Um, I, lo- I loved the idea of, of my mixedness as some sort of superpower when I was younger. And then when the, when the first X-Men movie came out, the, the approach that Brian Singer took from it with the... Um, you know, using it as a metaphor for how we were treating gay people, uh, I kind of attached to that too. I, I'm, I'm the B in the LGBT, so uh, there was a lot of stuff about the X Men as a whole. You know, if that intersectionality really connects with me, um, but I was also one of those girl kids that couldn't get into Barbie dolls or or any of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and so I just. I just love being able to walk into a store and grab a book. Then, you know, that's back when books were like, like a 75 dollar. cents, yeah. a dollar. Yeah. And you could just get a stack of them or whatever. You know, we had our cardboard boxes and our, our boards and our, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, and then I don't know, no, I think I just, I got older and it was harder to pull off being a geeky girl, you know, in the, in the nineties, the mid nineties and stuff like that. It was kind of hard to pull off. And so some of it, I did a little bit in secret, you know, unless it was with my close guy friends that sort of knew I was into that shit too. And, um, but when the movies started coming out and they started getting better over time, 
that changed everything. Then I could openly talk about, you know, my love of comics and, 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 and of course, like anytime movies pop up, it makes it harder for you to read books. Well, maybe for me, I don't know. Uh, so, so yeah, I kind of like stopped reading books for a while. And then, um, and then my husband picked up, he started reading, uh, the old Republic books. I am back. I am back. Oh, sorry, Charmaine. I didn't know he was back. You're good. So go ahead. My bad for cutting you off. Um, so he started reading the Old Republic books, Knights of the Old Republic books, and that that got me kind of liking to read books again. So I started picking up like Harlequin and um, thing, you know, things like that. So um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about it. I, I think the 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 fantasy appeals to me in a way that other types of fantasy do, don't. Like I'm, you know, I'm not really a um swords and you know type of person although i do like game of thrones you know i was never into the other kind of stuff but but something about superheroes really appealed to me uh that sense of justice and like fighting for for what you see it perceive as wrong as the world in the world really appeals to me that's awesome uh so you said you, you haven't been reading recently do you plan on getting back into uh reading more yeah, actually, I am. Um, so Blurred Vision and I have been wanting to do forever um, a, a Blurred Comics podcast, but we just hadn't, you know, the mixedness kind of stuff was more important to us at that particular time. And that's why we got off on that kick. But um, I started reading Black Panther again when, um, and I always butcher his name, uh, <laughs> Tennessee Coast. Yeah, like I always butcher that first name. Uh, when he when he started writing, I I picked up those and um and I do have some digital books that um from from X Men. I'm uh, um I haven't started yet, but I really want to re- read the Weapon H books and um stuff like that. So my plan is to start reading more. It's just the timing. It's just time. That's really my biggest thing. But I go to comic book stores. Actually, I used to go kind of kind of frequently for some reason I, w- I just would buy toys instead of books <laughs> Dope. so you have like uh are you a hoarder for collectibles what i am a little bit yeah you have I, have, pops? I have pops so right yeah. now my little podcasting desk that i have i'm staring at my my black panther shelf which i have four black panthers i have the limited edition with him in his like royal coat thing and then i have the warrior falls and two versions of the black panther suit one with helmet one without I got Shuri and Nakia and Okoye in front of me. I also have uh, Wolverine on a motorbike next to me. I don't know why that one's sticking out. Um, I have a Venom one, too. And, the, and those are just ones on my desk. And then we moved to this tiny-ass apartment in L.A. when we left our house. So the rest of my toys are all in boxes still. I have um, the the Bandai Samurai line of, of Star Wars. I have about seven of those. Um other pops at run dmc and and other uh, comic book ones um what else do i have i have some dunnies i was into kid robot a couple years ago big time so i have a bunch of dunnies and uh oh and then i have the 75th anniversary edition of the batman collectibles as well so okay i just have a bunch of pops and then i, I got i would love a custom pop if they ever get into custom pops i am having i'm gonna have a purple haired charmaine pop in a minute and I'll <laughs> buy 50 different poses i don't care i love them i'm here so for i got it. a big hit so. yeah I've, i got uh the loot crate so i started getting all this other like paraphernalia like socks and t-shirts and yeah I statues did that for a while. and that was cool but then i dropped off of that and 
I really want so like my favorite like my favorite um superhero is Nightwing. So I have like everything Nightwing. I have like an action figure, yeah, two action different figure pops, and all dope. types of Nightwing shit. But my you other favorite one is Saint Walker, the blue the blue lantern, and I can't ever find anything with him. Mm. For me, my favorite, like, I mean, I've always been a hardcore Batman fan for so long. Like, I even wear a Batman necklace and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm hardcore into Batman. But I don't have as much Batman stuff as I would like. But one of my favorite superheroes, or at least the superhero whose powers I would want, is the Dark Phoenix. I don't have shit for the Dark Phoenix. I have one little <laughs> um, custom drawing that I got at a comic, um, at a comic con years ago. Uh and that's the only thing I have for the Dark Phoenix, and I don't know why I've never managed to pick up any toys for her. So if you like the Dark Phoenix, how upset are you about this movie? So upset, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, Sansa, I am not a fan of Sansa in, in Game of Thrones. Like, she she started to come into it in, like, her last season. Like, I was starting to feel her a little bit. But she is not my Jean Grey. Not by a long <laughs> shot. And Here's then, the thing. She's you know, better than, what's her face? Framka? Oh, wait. What's her name? What was um, her name? What was her name? Her name was X Framka. in the first movies. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I got that. Like, it wasn't ideal, but, like, the way they played it out, and at least with her chemistry with um, Hugh and stuff, I was like, yeah. all right, it is what it is. But um, and, and at that time, I mean, try to think of how you felt at that time when nothing, when we hadn't had a comic book, oh, a yeah. decent mm-hmm. comic book movie in a long time. Everybody was going crazy for, like, until, until the third one, until the last stand, people were less like, oh, my gosh, we can now have a world in which we have comic book movies, like, legit comic book movies and stuff. So, like, I, you know, I was all right. I, I didn't particularly like who they cast for um, Scott. Oh, those, yeah, me either. And, and as much as I like Halle Berry, she's not Storm for me. Why the fuck can we not hire a fucking Ethiopian woman to play Storm? Or uh, at least... Get on the continent. I don't know. Listen, when they go to Marvel, I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to see. Almost 100% sure. If they absorb the X-Men storyline, I don't know. I think they're going to keep it. I feel like they're going to keep things separate. I think they're going to but they're going to recast everyone. I don't think we're going to see any of these people. Like separate from the the first class people that we got going on now? all the people are going to be gone. Ghosts. It's just similar to what they did with Spider-Man. Like they could have brought Andrew Garfield, but they were like, why would we do that? And then they just completely started over. I think they that. realized with the Garfield um, Spider-Man when they when they uh, killed Gwen Stacy like they did that no one was going to want to see that next run of whatever Andrew could do as Spider-Man. Like I, I I think they I don't know that was my own thing. It was like as soon as I noticed that they were killing her, I was like, all right, now you're giving them nothing to fight for. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but uh, yeah, like if they do, absor- I mean, my biggest upset with them with them buying. Uh, Fox now is that they've already entered, given us the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver without Magneto being their father. Well, and to be fair, they kept it unambiguous. They never... Well, but they actually referred to them as, like, enhanced, like they were normal humans that were enhanced. Well, they said they were experimented on, yes. But mm. they also have, like, this thing where they can do secret wars at some point. And if they do Secret Wars, that can basically, like, reboot the universe. Or what I think is going to happen is when when they reset whatever Thanos did uh, in Infinity War, it's basically mm-hmm. they're going to use that to explain that the universe changed. 
uh, when he when he reset everything. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Like I'm nervous about the. Well, one, I'm nervous about Disney owning all of the properties. I only because and why all of the properties. I mean Star Wars and yes. Marvel and you know all of that kind of stuff. Um, just because you don't want all of your fandom filtered through one major corporation and i you know i was hopeful that they were going to take care of the star wars universe but they haven't really um they, they've actually killed our like we've we are hardcore star wars people in our house um our whole all of our decor is star wars our five cats are named for sith lords from the extended universe like we are hardcore star wars people um yeah we're not anymore like disney killed our fandom you don't like <laughs> these new movies i think they're great I don't. I, I okay. Uh, rewind. Force Awaken when it first, the first moment, first night in the seats, hearing the the music pick up and and the storyline, like it it grabbed me. Then I was excited about the direction it was going through. I I still like Force Awakens, although I have huge issues with certain aspects of the of the plot and stuff like that. Um, Rogue One. Who the fuck needed to see that story? We didn't have enough information with the one line that we get delivered in Star and um, uh, what is it? Uh, Return of Jedi, whatever. Like that, a whole lot of Bontham's died doing this. Like, okay, fine. We didn't need the story, and this and it was terrible. It was just terrible. Um, the second, the the last Jedi, like one how do you not take the opportunity to use that scene that you had to allow leia to die then versus keeping her alive for a movie she hasn't shot yet after she died and you already knew she was dead that shit doesn't make any sense um you know i don't know i'm still gonna watch the trilogy portion of it but uh solo i i know you guys like solo solo is garbage to me no i thought solo was just good i didn't think it was great I thought it was the okay. worst out of all of them. That new one that's come out. Uh, I I I prefer Solo to Rogue One, but I really Solo enjoyed Rogue One. Garbage. I thought it was a drama more than a. So did I. Star Wars. I like Rogue One. I looked at it as a drama, like this this drama, and I always thought the scrollers were more interesting than the first film, like the first trilogy. So like I watched the first, I watched the New Hope, and it's like. The the uh the the rebels got this. They went to this planet and they got the last thing and they got the the, the plans and got it over to Leia and whatever Princess Leia was leading the rebel team. And I'm like, this is always great because I always I always used to watch the old films and be like, why are these films centered around the Skywalkers? Luke Skywalker's boring as fuck to me. I want to learn more about Leia and yeah, he's Han Solo. Like he's so non interesting to me. And so I'm watching these films, and it's all focused on him. And, it used to, and I like those films, but it used to piss me off. And those films had a lot of plot holes, too, like a whole lot if you watch yeah. them now. But I yeah. think there's a lot of nostalgia that surrounding, surrounded them. So, yeah, absolutely. So it holds them up. So I like, I like all of the films because I, I, I see the plot holes. My whole thing with the new films are I see the plot holes in them, just like I see the plot holes in the first ones. But my issue is that some people they don't admit that there's any plot holes in the first ones, and but they pick out all the ones in the second ones. And I'm like, yeah. I can see both. I can see the problems in both because if you talk about like how George Lucas intended that shit to be, he did not mm-hmm. intend Return. I mean, uh, Empire Strikes Back to be what it was. That that film was clearly rewritten multiple times. 
Because... Yeah, and that's the thing is like George Lucas can conceive of a of a great yes. idea. He can't write a great idea. He's and Casden can. And without Kasdan, I don't know that it would have had the legs that it had as for as long as it did. Empire to to this day is still my favorite um Empire is great Star Wars film. But it's it Because is... it's dark and you need it yes. to be dark. It's a dark story you're telling. When you try to appeal to the bubblegum side of it, I understand that Star Wars is for kids, but it's for the adults that have grown up with it, like Star Wars came out the same year I was born. I've never lived in a pre-Star Wars world, you know. So when you you grow up with it and it can be dark, you're fine. You, a kid can take it. it. It's not so dark that a kid can't take it, yeah, right? Take um, but when you introduce some goofy shit like um, the Masayusa, what's I can't even think of his name right now. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. Like when you <laughs> do stuff like that, it's like. <laughs> It's like you're just causing shit. You know, you're just starting shit for no reason. Mike but loves it, Jar Jar Binks. I do not. Like that. <laughs> How would you even say that? But like Kasdan, you know, Kasdan made a difference. He he helped the direction, and I think I guess his son is involved now or whatever. And so you know, he they they do they are kind of keeping the stories dark, which I appreciate. But um, like I don't understand this new version of the rebellion and this new version of the empire, like. Why can it still be an offshoot of the old rebellion? You know, the the major players in the old rebellion, but it's but it but calling it something new is weird. Um, the the first order, where did you guys come from? Why don't we? Why didn't we have a, a more sufficient scroll to explain you guys? Okay, so like here's the thing: you are absolutely re- correct, hundred percent correct. The what Marvel? I mean, what well Marvel with Disney? What they did was. They said that they were getting rid of the EU, but they didn't actually get rid of the EU. Like the EU, a lot of that stuff still exists. And a lot of the things that you're talking about, they um, they tell those stories in the books. So like there's all this so there's a ton of Star Wars comic books. There's Star Wars, there's Darth Vader, there's Vader Down, there's and then they have like Thrawn and all these other people. See, I don't understand why they wiped Thrawn. That that was my go-to storyline. Why wouldn't you have shown us that direction? Plus, who the fuck who who reads any of the books from the EU? Who wouldn't want to see Thrawn? Thrawn. I think you're going to see Thrawn in, in one of these movies because he Thrawn has a book, and on Mar- Marvel has a Thrawn comic book, and all, and Disney said that all the Marvel comic books are canon to the movies. So he, Thrawn has a book right now that's out. So, all of the comic books, because oh, I thought that list that they they uh, published a while back wiped um, the no, heir no. to the empire and all of that. No, kind no, of no, stuff. not the old books. Not all, not all of the old books. The mm. books that are out now are all part of the. Oh, okay. All part of canon, and Thrawn has a book like right now. He has a book out. Oh, so they're finding a way to reintroduce them. Yeah, and like Darth Maul has a book, and. Uh, Vader, Vader's book is like really good like the Vader book went into like what happened in between A New Hope and the, well the first Vader book talked about what happened in between A New Hope and Empire and like mm-hmm. how how he regained like the trust of the Emperor after he fucked up with the Death Star and all that stuff so it's like yeah. they try to fill in the holes of like where George Lucas and where the current films and especially with the prequels left out stuff. yeah Darth Vader is everything. That book is um, so good. If you like, like so you would good. love that book, Charmaine. It's really good. Because first yeah. of all, it's like you know, Darth Darth uh, Darth Vader has to like come in the age story. Like he got to prove himself because he he fucked up. You know what I mean? Like if like Emperor Palpatine was like um, like the Don of the of the I guess the the Italian gangsters and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, 
like Vader was the fuck up and like he fucked up he fucked up the money or he fucked up a drop and like he just trying to get back in so he doing extra bodies. When I say he dropping bodies everywhere. He just dropping bodies. Listen, when he you mur- when you like you know how like in the first films uh, like the one thing I think everybody even people who don't like Rogue One that everyone liked was that scene with Vader at the end because you finally got to see Vader like do shit. Right. And, that, yeah. And in the first like the in the trilogy the original trilogy, you never really got to see him do anything. Well, even though it's a comic book, in the Vader series, you basically find out, like, why he's such a scary motherfucker. Because he does some yeah. shit in that book that you're like, yo. And when you watch it, it's the same way when I'm watching the movies, though. Because when I'm watching the movies, I'm like, there's no reason why Luke should be able to fuck with Vader. Like, and and I, I don't really want to get into that. Because I used, to get, I used to get so frustrated with stuff with the film. Because I would always be like... <laughs> How does Vader sense that Luke is his son, but don't know that Leia's his daughter? If he's oh, that was one. That one fucked me up. All kind of like, like you have a, you're face to face with it. You're sensing <laughs> Vader. You're sensing Luke, like when he's somewhere else, but you're not f- sensing your own daughter staring you right in the face. Yeah, yeah. But they don't try to, ex- they try to explain that in the book. Oh, okay. So they try to like the so the Marvel comics. What they're doing, which is really good, is they're trying to. They understand that there's plot holes in the original trilogy, the prequels, and the new trilogy. So they're using all these books to try to fill those gaps in. So they know everybody doesn't watch them, but for the people who do read the books, you get like a much more immersive experience if you're into Star Wars. Yeah, I was going to pick them up, and then I don't know why we just didn't. I think we were already kind of on our downturn. Oh, okay, so here's my my biggest complaint with Rogue One, although the whole movie was trash. Um, handing the having Leia wait in the battle zone to receive the plans so that she can take off from there makes no fucking sense for Leia as a character. She would not be the kind of person that would chill in a battle, being you know waiting for some plans. She's in the fight. She's not a general. Yeah, by she accident. would be in the fight. You know, she's in the fight. So it would make more sense that she's somewhere else and there's another ship there waiting to receive the plans so they can jump those plans to her, which is I think how we understood the opening of a new hope like you know like it doesn't that shit was and it was just because they wanted to do the cgi of of her on the ship or whatever and that's fine but then have a ship jump to her first and and pass off the plans don't have her within grabbing distance of vader that makes no sense to me at all that that like that was just as bad as having leia remember her mother and then later on having her mother die of a broken heart at childbirth like come on you're killing me <laughs> yeah i don't uh yeah i th- yeah i i understand that the books would help with the comics would help a lot i just i think i was already kind of on my downturn or my or my nerves about it because we had we had gotten an audio book um i forget what the audio book was called um the one that was supposed to pre pre-date right before a force awakens or something like that and um we got halfway through it and i was just bored and it was an audio book um, you know, it wasn't even that I had to read like a novel. It wasn't even like I had to read it. Um, and I think that's what got me to not even grab the the comics at that point. Um, I'm still going to watch them. I'm just not going to I'm just not going to be as as hardcore excited as a fan. Like it's really shifted our whole household more towards Marvel stuff. Like I've always been a Marvel girl. My husband is kind of adopting it over the last 10, <laughs> 10 years and stuff like that. And just this last year and right after Solo, really, he just kind of it was more like a like a deep confession moment, like one of those nights where you're just like, we have to talk. 
I don't think I can be a Star Wars fan anymore. You know, <laughs> it was a big dramatic moment. No, nah, give the like, give the books a chance, and like I, I think you, I think that might get you hyped about comics because those are all yeah. of everyone I've read has been excellent, excellent mm. books, and they're written. So, they get the they get really good writers to write them too. They don't well, like put bad people on them. Um, oh, before we get into what we did this week, guess what, Devin and Mike, Charmaine told me. That she would be willing to come on and review Green Lantern with us. Yeah, it's good. How about that? I mean, How about that? I have I have thoughts going in from my memory of of it. I just want to know how I feel oh, now, giving all this gap of time and and the news and stuff that we know about it. I, I'm I'm curious about how I'd feel about it now. Probably the same, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in so long. I can't imagine. Here's the thing. It was bad in 2010. Now we have like all these Marvel movies that have been like like Winter Soldier and like Civil War and like all these great movies. I can't imagine what I'm going to think. But I definitely want to do that. So we're definitely going to have to schedule that. Uh, Devin dropped off. Hopefully he'll come back because he's been in and out. <laughs> uh, so what else, the other thing that we do, Charmaine, is we go around and we ask, what have you done nerdy this week? So anything you done nerdy? Um, damn, I feel like that's kind of my every week, but I can't think of something specific. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm on, I'm on, uh, I'm on the spot. I can't think of something specific. Well, I did, I did tweet back at, uh, Hari Kondababu, Kondalabu, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, he had a tweet today that kind of really fucked me up it like stopped me dead in my tracks and it was a, a tweet that said something like um i get invited to more um diversity in 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 like casting panels and discussions than i do get casted and um and so <laughs> that thing like just stopped me dead in my tracks right you know right poc creators we got to be out here doing whatever it is whether it's podcasts or videos youtube shit like you got a camera on your phone start producing content um and just the idea that like you would be considered an expert in something that you don't even really get the door open for you very often um, really kind of messed me up. So I tweeted directly at him and just said, like, this is the realest thing I've read. And um, because of that, I'm going to create something like I'm going to create some content tonight just just to put some POC shit out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably the geekiest thing I did, I guess, this week. Uh, Mike. But, oh, good. Yes. All right, good, Mike. What about you? Um, I have a pet robot now. Um, no, 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 no. That is not what you're going to start this off with. You tell what? everybody what you bought. Oh, yeah. Did you see my... Yes, oh, just... yes. So How did you see that? Oh, just, someone must have showed yes. you my videos. So tell people what you bought. Uh, well, Elon Musk's flamethrower is sitting under my bed right now, about five feet from me. Um, you mentioned that on the last episode, though, didn't you? I said I was going to get one. Uh, mm. I have one now. It's pretty awesome. Um, I probably shouldn't have one, but I, I don't really ask those kind of questions when I'm in, in those type, type of situations. I just kind of do. So. so what have you done with the flamethrower? Is Are you starting uh, your supervillain uh, pack? Your supervillain uh, starter pack? I mean, you know, you can't go full supervillain though unless you get your PhD. That's true, and that's a lot of money and time that I don't really feel like investing into being a supervillain. 
So, I don't know. We're going camping this weekend, so maybe I'll bring it. I mean, we've been wondering whether or not we should bring it and uh, roast some marshmallows. I saw some videos of people cooking hamburgers. All right, I think that was the whitest sentence I've heard on your guys' <laughs> show so far. super white. <laughs> it's not my fault. All right, my friend, you remember, so a couple of weeks ago, Brendan and I were hanging out with my friend who broke up with his girlfriend in three and a half years as a 20-year-old man, 23-year-old man, and he's devastated, and this is how he wants to get over it. So, we're all going. We don't really, you know, it wasn't our first choice, but I figure if we got to go do something like this, you might as well bring a flamethrower. So. Yeah, just, you know, just bring a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. That is that is white privilege at its peak. By I the way. was just going to say it, but I already said a white thing. So because, <laughs> I, I guess what I'm not taking anywhere. A goddamn flamethrower. I am Why? not. I'm not oh getting shot God. in these streets. With an Elon Musk flamethrower. I, I was nervous about walking around with it, and then the guy that I was with was like, yo, you're in Virginia. You can do whatever you want. It's fine. And I was like, oh, all right. What else? I also like, have a pet robot. Is, since, you are, since you are half a bick, my husband also kind of presents white-ish, but ambiguous enough that I can detect that he's mixed with something else. But he can grow a beard like nobody's business, and I don't want him flying when he has a beard. Can you pass all the way? Like, all the way pass? Uh, my dad always tells me to shave my face when I'm flying, but I don't really ever have any problems. Uh, although I never really grow my beard out that long, so my dad sometimes gets pulled aside. But I think at this point he did the TSA pre-check thing so that doesn't have any issues anymore. So I guess yeah, go ahead and walk around with your white with your. I was about to say with your. I wouldn't really fly with it. That's probably a terrible idea. (laughs) Yeah, that's a terrible idea. Regardless of what race you are. Uh, it's got a large propane tank on it, uh, which I think is half empty at this point, but, you know. <laughs> I cannot believe works. you bought a goddamn flamethrower. You want to see it? You live a mile from me, and, uh, you You're know, not bringing it not, over here. I'm, it's not I'll illegal. come over there. Yeah, you can come over here. What else, uh, uh, did you do? I have a pet robot. He's sitting over there on my nightstand staring at me. He keeps waking me up in the morning, but that's all right. So does your dog play with the robot? No, 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 he's he's a little, I don't want my dog near the robot. I think my dog's afraid of the robot. Um, he is a, a t- entirely autonomous uh, virtual home assistant on wheels, which uh, I found on Kickstarter and added my own little bits of machine learning, too. So he's a lot of fun. <laughs> you are and such a, a geek. Jesus. He, he keeps waking me up in the morning. He's staring at me right now, but he can't get out of his little cage. So, Have you uh, read or watched anything? Uh, no, I've been, well, I caught up on some comics, but I've mostly been replay, uh, finishing Assassin's Creed Origins so that I can buy the new one when it comes out. I mean, it's out already, but I want to get it, so I want to start playing it, so I've been playing that, really, with my free time. And then the gift that I watched for our show, but we'll talk about that, you know, yeah, when we do it. We're talking about So that. that's pretty much it for me. I'm uh, working my way through the pilot of The Gifted right now. I think you'll like The Gifted. I think you'll get a lot of satisfaction out of it because they unlike the movies they do not hide from the fact that mutants are supposed to be an allegory for like black people marginalized people lgbtq people like they go all in on that on the show and even like they had a white family they got like mutant kids and but they are like fucked up so the whole season like mike's trying to see the good and read and me and Devin are like he's a piece of shit so it's funny um let me see. What did I do? I read... So, Mike, I caught up on Batman, and I loved those two episodes, issues 55 and 56. And With then Nightwing? I, and then I fucking cried 
at the end like a fucking weeping baby when my favorite superhero, Dick Grayson, got shot in the fucking head. He's definitely not dead. No, he's not dead because I read Nightwing afterwards and he doesn't remember shit. So, but he's, and he, and he, he, but everybody's telling him who he was and like Batgirl's there and he's like, I don't give a fuck who I was. I want to be who I'm going to be. And I don't think he wants to be Nightwing right now. So, so I th- I'm really interested in that storyline to see what happens. Told you you'd like it. I read Justice League. Uh, that story's wild, but I like it. There's a lot of the shit going on that. Scott Snyder run? Yes. Yeah. Um, I haven't caught up on that yet. What else did I read? Um, uh, Superman is mad weird. I don't even really fuck with Superman, but I like that. I like The Flash. Uh, and I read some old issues of... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I read some old issues of uh, Fantastic Four just randomly. I don't know why. I was just really bored. And um, what else did I read? Uh, no, that's it. And so then I also started watching Luke Cage um, because I was really bored this weekend. And I was like, why haven't I started watching a show that I've always I wanted to watch? And so far, it's better than the first season. I thought the first season was okay, but the first few episodes of the second season have been really uh, much better. Uh, so I like that. I like I like season two much better than I like season one. We did our Black Lightning review. Uh, that was great. That's off to a good start. Um, Gifted is fucking fire. Love that show. Um, that is off to a great start. And, Mike, by the way, I watched The Flash, and The Flash was off to a really good start. A lot of Easter eggs. Uh, like talking about, they, so they talked about, they talked about, this is spoilers, but I don't give a shit. Mike, they talked about, like, Barry... Uh, so like Nora comes and she's like, "Why are you so? Why do you want to hang out with me so much in that Iris?" And she basically tells him that like he disappears in the crisis, you know, like crisis on Infinite Earths. And then she shows the newspaper like ten years later, and the Flash is still missing. So like it's very, it's very a lot of Easter eggs they dropped in this first issue. I mean ep- episode. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, I made it to the Super Bowl in my Madden League. That's I guess that's kind of nerdy. Uh, I lost though, so fuck that. <laughs> um, and I've been playing Spider Man uh, on PS4. I've been playing Fallout 4. I'm like way late. Yeah. Oh, God. But Don't get him started I, I, on I Fallout started 4. Last week. Are you going to get the new one? Yeah, it's kind of what I'm playing. The only problem is that I'm not really like an MMO type of girl, and I didn't know that that's what it was going to be until last night, actually. Um, my husband's really into the Fallout games, and he's like hyping me for playing it. Um, before it comes out but i guess there's something coming down the pipe like not in the initial release but it's going to be later on where they're actually going to allow you to have private servers so that we can connect with our friends that are on the east coast and play with them in our own personal world that'll be when i pick it up because that'll be fun but yeah i'm just working my way i'm still like really early on i just barely got through to what's that town i just unlocked sanctuary i just no no no, the other town the second town yeah yeah, anyways i'm like i'm like three opens towns opened or whatever or something like that so i'm still getting used to it that game is awesome yeah mike talks about that shit all the time yeah well my friends and i love it it. it's gonna be fun i know you love it and i know your friends love it you gotta give it a shot brandon you could join us in the new one yeah i may think about it i may think about it you may get me i don't know we'll see i'll get you you may I have no me. doubt I'll get you. I definitely will get you. Uh, all you right. Play. You have to. Because I'm not going to be playing anything else. I thought you were going to be playing Assassin's Creed. 
Yeah, but I'm almost done with Origins. I've got like three people left to kill, and then I'm gonna play Odyssey, which will take me like a probably a week if my previous track record speaks for itself. And then uh, that you know, then by the time I'm done, it'll be out. Okay. All right. Whatever. Uh, all right. Let's get to this news. Uh, let's start with some comic book shit. So, a few episodes back, our episode was called uh, "The Bat Penis" because. Uh. They decide to show Batman's dick in the comic book. Yeah, okay, so explain this to me because I haven't seen this photo or anything like that, and I was I've been looking for it. It oh, says that like Batman comes out of. The, I have yeah, a, I do. Uh, I have so a copy of the comic. It book. says Batman's coming out of the Batmobile with his dick out. He was no, it looked like he was walking in the Batcave. Oh, okay. Uh, and he like he was just, he was just naked. Um, and why the fuck is that a problem? It was so We've they been have showing a... titties and shit forever. We can't show one penis in a comic book. Well, the difference is they usually just like allude. They they show like hella cleavage, but you don't ever like see a nipple. Okay. They like show his whole dick, his mushroom, everything. Like I'm okay with it. But you know, we had um, who did we have on that week? Uh, we had Reese from the Introverted Nerd Watches podcast, and she wasn't too impressed of the bad dick. So let's see what Charmaine thinks. I'm gonna share my screen so you can see it. Uh, Skype. I think where's Skype? Come on up. Show me bat penis. <laughs> Look who's back. I'm back in the house. I'm in the motherfucking house. Oh, God. Work is Share awful. screen. Okay. Share screen. All right. Can you see my screen, Charmaine? Um, it's, yeah, I can see it now. Okay. There's your bat penis. This? That's not even a penis. Uh, yeah, yeah, what am I looking at exactly? It's in shadow. Let's see that, in okay, there. excuse me. This is what DC is all embarrassed about? Yep. I just took a screenshot of it. That <laughs> is not dick enough. Like that, I mean, that's not... Well, one... Yeah, it's mostly in shadow, so I don't know what they have to be embarrassed about. Because people... Or outrage, you know, because of the culture we live in, the climate we live in now. If, if if it offends somebody, it offends everybody. Like, but nobody asked me if I was offended. Like, you don't see a penis, so like, why are we even upset about this? Yeah, it's not. Plus, also, can can we not understand that it is a cartoon penis? Like, it's not. Yeah, it is I a cartoon know. penis. That's true. I mean, it's not like you know, I don't know. And plus, it's black label, right? So we're not talking about ones that the kids are allowed to buy, right? You have to, right. I assume you have to be a certain age to be able to pick up these ones. So what are we worried about? That is an excellent and poignant question that it's ridiculous that they're all worried about that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense uh, at all. Um, but, yeah, there are people are upset that the bad penis is, is out. And... Uh, I don't, I don't really give a shit. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, but DC is basically wiped. They stopped reprinting the book. Um, uh, they're not reprinting the book anymore. Man, put that shit in glass, y'all, and save it because it's going to be expensive soon. <laughs> I have one. That's why I bought it. Again, I, uh, work is calling me again, guys, so I will uh, try to check back in. But, Charmaine, we have to definitely do a whole podcast together one day. Um, okay. Jesus. I am sorry. Uh, you know, blame the weather, blame Michael, and, uh, you know, hey. all the other stuff. 
I'm kidding. Oh, oh, I, I forgot your name. Damn it. Blame <laughs> Hurricane Michael. All I forgot right, my guys. name. I've known you for uh, definitely over a year by now. Yeah, but no, I just, you know, I'm when you say a hurricane. You, Devin. I'm yeah. just messing. Crazy night, guys. All right. Have fun, guys. All right. Come back if you can. And there he goes. He's gone. Uh, all right. Next. Uh, I'm distracted because I'm doing, like, multiple things all the time. Uh, why did my notes? Oh, there we go. Why did so many pop-ups come up when I clicked on Batman's penis? Uh, uh, well, I could answer that question for you, but I don't think you're going to want to know the answer. So, <laughs> I think I know the answer. Uh, another comic book news. DC announces Flash Year One. So for those of us who read Batman Year One and loved it, Mike, did you like about that? It. Yeah, of course. And the animated movie, Batman Year One, was great as well. They're going to do a Flash Year One. Uh, and the Flash title in spring of 2019, Flash Year One, revealing the teaser artwork below. Uh, we're going to be doing Barry's first year as The Flash, but with a little bit of a twist, Williamson told fans when the story was announced at New York Comic Con. Barry's sense of hope, inspiration, optimism is such an important thing, and I really want to tell a story of how he got there after the tragedy he's losing his mother at a young age. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm in. Mike, you gonna you going to read that? Yeah, of course. I always am a big fan of the year one stuff. They did a Green Lantern year one, too, didn't they? Yeah, they did a Green Lantern year one. They did a Batgirl year one, Robin year one. They did a lot of year ones, Teen Titans. Uh, Charmaine, are you into DC books? I never I mean, besides Batman, I never cared. I do like some of the cartoons, though. Like, uh, Flashpoint was one of my favorite um, cartoons and stuff like that. My favorite Flash is from Lego Batman 3 because um, <laughs> he's hella cute. But I don't particularly read. I don't particularly care to read a lot of the DC stuff. Like, I just, I can't, I don't know why their characters don't appeal to me as much. Except for Batman, anything Batman. Even condiments, man. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Uh, all right. So you sound like Mike because he's in love with Batman. Batman is everything. Rightfully so. Well, also, like, I love the Batman villains. Like, Joker is one of my favorite tragic villains of all time. In particular, the the Dark Knight Returns Joker is my favorite. Um, I was Joker, for, or I was Lady Joker for Halloween once. Like I'm, I just like Batman and Joker as a as a, a duo, make a whole lot of sense to me. I just I really love it, and I love Harlequin and some of the newer ones too, Poison Ivy and stuff. Plus, I like Poison Ivy and uh, Harlequin's relationship because I'm bisexual. Yes, and, um, their relationship is great in the books. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm into those, but yeah, the the extension and. I tried to read one of wait like back when like the new fifty two when that popped up stuff I tried to and I in the in the comic book store I tried to and I don't know it didn't grab me so I didn't I didn't keep on that direction. Uh, Mike, uh, you will like this? Uh, they are bringing back Young Justice. I know. With Brian I saw Michael that. Bendis. And I will be subscribing. So the series will feature the art of the former Superman co-writer Patrick Gleason, who has a history with Damian Wayne. Uh, the Young Justice team will be Tim Drake, who's my man, I love Tim Drake, Connor Kent, and Bart Allen uh, is returning to DC comic books, and Brian Michael Bendis is writing it. So, yeah, Bart Allen's a crazy person. Tim Drake is great. He'll probably be the leader. So, yeah, I'm definitely into that. Did you watch the Young Justice show, uh, Charmaine? The anime no. show? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, again, with the shows, too, the DC shows, I I know people love them. I have not gotten into them. I tried to watch Flash. I was bored. Um, at the what are the guard the Guardians one whatever, 
what's the one called? I just I'm not a DC person at all. I can barely talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no problem. Uh, Stan Lee speaks out about recent chaos in his life. So, for those of you who've been following the show and just following this stuff in general, there's been a lot of like craziness going on in Stan Lee's life, like people yeah. trying to take his money, like all types of forged checks, all types of stuff. So, uh, I put talked about in quotation I mean speaks in quotation marks because that was Vegas shit his daughter was there mm-hmm. with him and his daughter is one of the people that's accused of taking advantage of him uh, so during the interview with the Daily Beast the 95 year old Lee spoke about many of the controversies that surrounded him and members of his family this includes reports of forced checks accusations of sexual assault and elder abuse a lawsuit later dropped against power entertainment falling out with major members of his staff and a lot more. This reached a point where Lee has even taken out a restraining order against his former manager. Um, Lee spoke with the assistance of a voice box and did the interview alongside his daughter and her lawyer. Joan Celia yeah. has been accused yeah. of committing elder abuse against her father. Allegations she vehemently denied. So that's what made this seem real, real like. It seems sketchy. Sketchy as fuck. There really isn't much drama, said Lee. As far as I'm concerned, we have a wonderful life. I'm pretty damn lucky. I love my daughter. I'm hoping that she loves me, and I couldn't ask for a better life. She is a wonderful daughter. I like her. We have occasional spats, but I have occasional spats with everyone. I'll probably have one with you where I'll be saying, but I didn't say that, but that's life. We also address rumors about his money handling and his daughter's spending. I decided my daughter is no longer a teenager, said Lee. This money will be left to her, and instead of waiting until I die, I will give her as much as I can for her to enjoy now. And that's what I'm trying to do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know about all this. It just It's all just real sad to me. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised he didn't die right after um, his wife did. Yeah. You know, when, you, when, when you've when you been with someone that long, and that's usually what happens. And things seem to really go dark right after that. Uh, I think it is sketchy about his daughter. Like, so if it's not true that she's done elder abuse and all that kind of stuff, then what he says doesn't sound as programmed or whatever. It just sounds like an old man kind of rambling. If it is true, though, it sounds like a script he was given mm-hmm. um, that he's just kind of awkwardly putting himself there. Like to say, I like my daughter. The, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the whole thing was really weird. What are you doing, um, Mike? Uh, I don't know. I've been following this for a while, and I actually, I didn't. This was the first I've heard about this new, uh, this daughter stuff. I did not. This did not appear on my feed, so this is the first time I'm hearing this update. Uh, it's kind of sad because I know that he's at least for the people involved in the show, and a lot of people I know, he's got a big role in people's lives. You know, creating all these characters that people become so close to. So it's sad, but uh, yeah, I mean. This is the first. I actually didn't know that. So this is uh, one of the few times you t- said something on here that I had not already heard about. Um, so I'm a little, I mean, if that is the case, I'm a little disappointed, especially for her dad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just not right. There was actually stuff about her when she was young, um, like fights between the parents and disrespecting the mom publicly and stuff like that. So they do have a weird history, whether or not that translates into her actually you know, abusing her father. I have no idea. Yep. Uh, Marvel comments on sales and quote-unquote forced diversity at New York Comic-Con panel. So Mike and I and Devin talk about this all the time, but and I talk about it more in a lot of other shows I listen to talk about it, but 
it's this whole idea about like these dude bros that like because Marvel has like black people and LGBTQ people and a Muslim woman and more women in the books now that is quote unquote bad for comics and it's hurting their sales. Nobody wants to buy a comic book with a black girl. Nobody wants Riri or Miles Morales or The Wasp or none of that shit. And it's all bullshit. So in New York Comic Con, Women of Marvel podcast hosts Santa Manot and Judy uh, Stevens held a panel alongside assistant editor of Marvel Kathleen Winiski, writer Margaret Stoll, and writer Leah Williams, colorist Rachel Rosenberg, and Jen Bartle. The purpose of this panel is to discuss what it's like working in comics from a female perspective and what fans can expect from Marvel in the future. During the panel's Q&A, a young female fan brought up the topic of dipping sales, asking the panelists if they believed decreased sales were due to quote-unquote forced diversity and quote-unquote hiring people without experience. Who said, first of all, who set this woman up there to say that? Right? Because like, why would a woman go up there and be like, y'all, y'all just hiring these women because they women, not and they don't have nothing, they can't do shit. And <laughs> so, Am- and I said, no, absolutely not. There are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. People try to conflate things at times, and that's not necessarily the case. Williams added referring to how some readers attempt to draw correlations between things that may not actually be related. Bartel then asked the fan if she would ask male creators the same question. Woo, I like that. To which the fan responded that she would ask anyone. Finally, Annette took the time to address the dispel the hiring without experience notion, saying, we do look at what people do. You have to have experience, and if you're talented, we will hire you. For some time now, those critical of Marvel Comics has pointed the finger at the company's push for diversity in their books as a reason for falling sales, despite evidence to the contrary. This is something Williams alluded to in her answer, citing all the various moving parts that go on behind the scenes. Uh, Marvel has increased its diversity offers over the past years, creating new characters such as Riri Williams, Ironheart, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and many more. So, uh, yeah. So, I don't know if that was a plant or what, but uh, I'm glad they those women stood up for themselves and talked about what Marvel's actually trying to do and not kowtow to, like, the racist people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I uh, And I do listen to that podcast on occasion, um, not as often lately since I've started podcasting, but, um, you know, they're usually pretty vocal about, about calling on bullshit like that. Um, also, that it was a woman. I got the impression it was a woman. Yeah, who, it was a woman who asked the question. And that kind of, that kind of stuff is so annoying to me. Yes. It's, it's like, just, I'm not saying that you have to be on, on the team, like all the way, you know, girl power, that kind of stuff or whatever. But even you don't want to see women. Yeah. Like what kind of question is that? It's so (laughs) odd to me. Like, I mean, I understand how weird it is when they like switch the gender of a character. Like if they actually just decided that Riwi was Iron Man this whole time and that there was never Tony Stark, that okay. Yeah, but that's not what happened. Would make sense to me, but that's not what happened. Right. So we're just taking, we're just carrying on the mantle. Which has been happening forever. Forever. There's always been, you know, I mean, that's always been the case with superheroes. They get old, they age out, someone else takes over the mantle, and then they just reboot the characters. Plus, comic books, you can do whatever you want. They are a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you, you can't be, it's not like in real life, Martin Luther King did XYZ, and then we re, we re, yes. we cloned Martin Luther King, and he did something different. Clone, clone King did something different. Like, you ruined my childhood, Martin Luther King. It's not the same thing. This is a fucking book with cartoons that we, somebody draws for us. Let right. it be. Let especially, it be whatever it can possibly be. <laughs> especially when a lot of these characters are not, like, nothing about the character is race specific. 
Like, yeah, I, it's not like like Black Panther. Somebody was like, because a lot of the racist white people go, well, what if we made Black Panther white? And I'm like, well, that wouldn't, wouldn't be Black Panther. That wouldn't make any <laughs> sense. Like, yes, they're like, I guess you could have a white person as the king of like South Africa, I guess, if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But like the rest of Africa, like, there's just going to be this white dude that's the king of Africa. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. So, that I like, that's like, oh, whatever. Or giving us a white Mandarin or some, like they did. Yeah. Um, you know, like stupid shit like that. When it's the character, the race of the character has a lot to do with the history of the character as well. You don't mm-hmm. change that kind of shit. But like Captain America is another example. Captain America could be whatever the fuck. Yeah, it really yeah. doesn't matter. He could be Chinese next. Mm-hmm. It won't make a difference. He's an Amer- He's just an American citizen that's super pro-America mm-hmm. and happens to have these powers because someone stuck him in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Mike, did you see the photos of Ruby Rose as Batwoman? I did, what'd and I liked think, it a lot. What did you think about the costume? How she looked in, like, did she look like Batwoman? She did, and it's. I think it's probably my favorite. I mean, I haven't seen it actually, but it look from the pictures, it looks like it looks really good. It looks. So like I don't think look. you're going like to get Batman, but your absolute Batwoman is basically going to be Batman. You're getting Close Gotham enough. City, like you're getting the bat signal. So are are you kind of happy, Mike? I'm no, I'm happy for sure, but I still think he's gonna come. Oh my god, you're still waiting on Bruce to come. All right. Yes. There's that. Did you see that picture, Charmaine? I did, and I, I like it. I like it as well. I think they got it. it definitely, cause it definitely felt like the book. I I know there's a little bit of differences here and there on it, but it it gave me the same, like the movement of the photo and everything like that. You know, it it. It, it gave me feels. I'm ready for I'm ready for a bisexual bat Batwoman. Yep. So they're actually gonna do it too. The DC TV shows actually do a good job with representation. They have like a gay black man Curtis on Arrow. They have Sarah Lance, the white canary. She's bisexual on Legends of Tomorrow. So they're they have a. a That's the one I was thinking of. Legends of the Tomorrow. I tried to watch that and I basically laughed the entire time so the, and I know it wasn't meant to be funny. The first season of Legends of Tomorrow is awful. It's not good. Brandon Ruth's character? Are you kidding me? What were they thinking? Last season, Legend of Tomorrow was the best show on the network. No kidding. Yes. How? It got, because they got rid of the Hawks, and they recast people, and they made Sarah Lance the leader of the team, and she's really good, and it's like a really good show. Because that first season, man, I was just like, what the hell is this shit? Like, me and Mike were talking about, like, this shit is trash. How did they explain the change? So well, they it, well it's, it's the third season. So it happened over the course of the second season, and then mm-hmm. last season was the third season, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but they basically got new people on the team. Wally West joined the team. Kid Flash, like they got new people. They basically got all the shitty people that brought the season down out, and only kept the good actors and brought in other good actors like Constantine, mm-hmm. John Ryan. He's on the team now. Uh, so mm-hmm. they did some really good stuff, and he's he's kind of like sexually ambiguous on the show too mm. which is cool too because I mean, that's basically his character um mike did you know that gotham is still going on yeah i know <laughs> uh, i don't do we have to talk about the gotham news like do we really i mean <laughs> apparently he's getting a bat cave yeah apparently, another he already has two apparently they're gonna do harley quinn they're doing another joker 
he's getting his bat suit. They said Batman will appear. There's a time jump of eight months. It's just the best. Do we really need? To, do we really need to go down? I hate when they do there. a time jump in the final season. That's that's tells me that something's not right in the writers' room. Show's god awful. Uh, the whole the whole show is a mistake in the writers' I, room. I only watched like halfway through the first season, and I was really trying to pull for it. Like I liked the concept of it all, but by halfway through, I couldn't keep going. So I have no idea what's happened over the last five years. But I stopped it halfway through the first season. So I'm going to tell you a secret. Um, season one, the first half of the first season is 300 percent better than everything that came after it. Well, I guess I stopped at the right time then. Yes. Uh let me let me give you an example of what happened. Jim Gordon, you know, you know Jim Gordon, like the most noble man in Gotham. Yeah. He executes a man shooting him dead point blank range behind on his knees in the back of the that, head. That that was the last episode I watched. Oh, you watched that? <laughs> yeah. Did you see the episode when Alfred slapped the shit out of Selena? <laughs> no. Well, that happens too. He slaps the shit out of a little girl cat, just punches Thanks her in the face. That's excellent. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. That's the type of shit that happened on the show. Oh, Poison Ivy falls into some water, and then she comes out, and she's like a 20-year-old, like, sex like sex symbol woman. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. All that happened. Yep. All right, well. Uh, What the fuck is wrong with Titans, Mike? Did you see this shit? I have not watched it yet. No. Not, it hasn't come out yet. It comes out this week. I'm actually going to watch it. I think it comes out today. Yeah, it comes out today. I have a problem, so I'm going to watch it. But, Mike, I'll say this. this. I never cared about Titans. I don't really particularly care at all. But I kind of liked the trailer, and I kind of liked Harry Batman. (laughs) But I don't care about the Titans, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right, here we go. Dick Grayson is my favorite superhero because I love the character of Dick Grayson, and I love Nightwing. Okay. Gonna say this. This is what Brenton, uh, the guy who plays Titans, said to talk to IGN and New York Comic Con. Batman is a killer, and Robin wants to get away from that. That um, was disturbing. So apparently, in this universe, Batman kills people. His number one rule: he kills people in this. It's universe. not the only time Batman is killed, though. No, he kills people Bat- all the time, but he doesn't do it on purpose. I don't know, Batman 89, it seemed like he was kind of killing on purpose. He literally drives the Batmobile into people. Yes, I've always said that, but in the, they try to claim that he doesn't kill them, he just hurts them really bad. Oh, Jesus. The idea is that he doesn't want to become a killer himself, and although these guys that he's fighting are bad and they deserve, you know, they deserve what he's dishing out, it seems he believes that when you kill someone, you cross the line, you become almost as bad as them. So it's pretty clear in the series he was with Batman. Batman crossed the line, and he was teaching me to do the same thing, and he's trying to break away from that. That kind of sounds like spoilers. It sounds like Zach, the Murderverse Zack Snyder got a hold of this fucking TV-verse. <laughs> Murderverse. <laughs> so I have feelings. As much as I am ride-or-die Batman... It does sometimes bother me that he doesn't kill. Sometimes. Yeah, all of us. Yeah, but... I fully understand the principle, but sometimes it's like, no, there are times when killing is the most oh, good yeah. that you Wonder can Woman do. kills people all the time. That's what, that's <laughs> why I like the darker versions of Batman and stuff like that, whatever. But 
I don't, if they're going to offshoot, like if they're, I don't, like I said, I don't read the Titans. I don't know the direction of the Titans. I know they have like a cartoon and shit like that too. But if you're going to, if you're going to sell me on the, uh, on Robin as a lead of a, of a show, and you're going to say that it's because he's broken with Batman on principles that I do have a problem with. I did like the trailer and I did kind of like hearing him say, fuck Batman. I don't know why I just liked it, but (laughs) I have a problem with a with a breakaway with Robin and Batman breaking up because because Robin doesn't agree with Batman's principles. That that's all that's Batman. Batman is principles. Right. His whole thing is that he's principled. Exactly. Um all right. Uh so Will Smith apparently is still committed to this DC universe because he's apparently out here talking about um, a Deadshot movie and in a Q&A on YouTube Live they asked him uh, about a Deadshot movie and he said I hope so I love playing Deadshot I really enjoy that character uh, they've been talking about it and we've had meetings and I think it's going to happen so Charmaine Mike would you guys be interested in a Deadshot solo film yes I could Deadshot. I- Will Smith was not the problem with that movie See, and I cannot bring myself to fucking watch that movie. I hate Jared Leto movie. with such a passion, and I hate that they that they revamped um, Harlequin's origin, only because like I'm fine with you changing characters and re- rebooting characters and shit like that. But something very quintessential to Harley is how like the psychiatrist being broken down by the psychopath, and if you're gonna take the, from what I read about it that they took it away and they just gave her daddy issues is that what they did with the movie because that's what I read that they did pretty much I, I like that alone made me not want to watch the movie and then on top of that to know that Jared Leto was was Joker fuck you you're not Joker I uh, do not care there's me, no way that that man portrayed Joker well let me tell you something else apparently they're doing um, a Harley Quinn and Joker movie and with Har- with Margot and Leto as like they better recast Joker. Uh, Bonnie I'm and Clyde. It said, you know what they said it was. You know, you're gonna laugh at this. Apparently, they're writing a script, and it's supposed to be Bonnie and Clyde meets This Is Us. Oh, I said I saw that somewhere. Fuck you guys! Don't do that <laughs> shit to us. Like seriously, I'm really partial to Harley. I I love. I mean, the Batman the animated series was still to this day one of my favorite you know adaptations of batman mm-hmm. harlequin coming from that and everything about her i just fucking adore her i don't like when they go totally off the rails with her she is one of those characters that i, I do kind of feel precious about but i also understand like if you revamp her then that one's not my harley or whatever but this fucking shit is the harley that the world is getting to see including the people who don't read books and they're gonna think that that's her and i don't want her <laughs> i don't want her to have that rep <laughs> Like, I don't want her to be that kind of, oh, God, don't do that. Don't, come on. Don't give me that movie. I don't want to see that movie. Um, No, I don't, I can't. can't. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, did you see what Chris Evans wrote on Twitter? Yeah. Officially wrapped on Avengers 4. It was an emotional day, to say the least. Playing this role over the last eight years has been an honor to everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and in the audience. Thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. So people take this as Chris Evans stepping down 
um, from Captain America. And I love Chris Evans. I love his version of Captain America. I think he's fucking with us. I don't. I don't. Because he previously talked about it. The New York Times, they asked him about this, and he said, you want to get off the train before they push you off the train. Yeah. He sounds tired. Mm-hmm. He probably wants to do some other things. But the thing is, you, like, I'm fine with it. Like, bye. It's fine. I, I mean, I love Chris Evans. I love his Cap. But Cap is not my favorite character or anything in the in the Marvel Universe. Um, Cap has to die, though. They can't retire him without him dying. It makes no sense for him, for the Chris Evans version of Cap to walk around this planet um, and not take the call whenever it comes, you know? So they're going to have to kill him if they're going to retire him. And I'm fine with that. In fact, that's what I wanted from the first part one of Infinity Wars. Um, but, like, make way for Black Panther to be the lead of the Avengers for the next foreseeable oh, no. He's you know, not few years. Oh, no, he's not Captain that's what Marvel I want. is going to be the lead. I know, but that's not what I want. What I oh, want is you Black want Panther. Black Panther to be the lead. I want I want the new tri- the new Trinity to be Black Panther, Cap- Captain Marvel, and I mean, if I had my if I had my druthers, I would want it to be Riri, Black Panther, and um, and Captain Marvel. But I I kind of want Shuri in the movies to become Riri, if that makes sense. Because she can't take on the Black Panther mantle if if we still have uh, T'Challa, mm-hmm. so that's my little weird fantasy thing. But I know that's not going to happen. It, they, people talked about that happen, but Kevin Feige said that at some point Riri will be in the movies uh, somewhere down the road. They're also talking about doing Kamala Khan, which a lot of people are excited about. Uh, yeah, Marvel. I heard that they that M- Mindy Calling is pushing for it, and I mean I like her, but I that no. I don't see Mindy as that. She's too old. She's too old, but also mm-hmm. she's not a good actress. Yeah, she's not that great. And Kamal Khan's like 13, 14. Like, you can find a Muslim girl to play the character. I don't, I don't think that's yeah. too difficult for you. Uh, Ryan Reynolds said, I'm not crying, I'm weeping. That's the difference. Uh, the Rock says, what a run you had, brother. Congrats on bringing, breathing life into such an iconic character. Keep on, keep on, keeping on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was great. As Captain America, he's actually a pretty. He seems to be a pretty good dude in real life too. So, yeah. uh, I, I think he, I think it makes sense to retire him while he's on top. Like, yeah, like he says, get get off the train before they push you out. What you don't want is having this run of a really great Cap, and then all of a sudden he sucks because he's he's aging out or whatever. You know, like I'm I'm happy with them retiring him out. I just hope that they kill him to do it. mm Hmm. Um, Mike, did you see? And so, I mean, did you see that? Apparently, James Gunn's going to be writing Suicide Squad too. Yes. Yeah. So here's the thing, and I said this when it happened. I did not feel too bad for James Gunn because I did think that there are people who've done worse shit than what he did. Sure. How, uh, but he still did that, and some you sometimes you got to suffer consequences for your actions. However, exactly. Brian Singer like is accused of like actually doing pedophilia stuff. Woody Allen has actually done pedophilia stuff. Yeah. And they were allowed to continue to make movies. So I always knew that all James Gunn did was make some jokes. Now, I'm not belittling, but in, in context, all right, James right. Gunn did was make some jokes about that, some off off taste, like off off kilter jokes about that. So I've all I said it at the time on the show that James Gunn's going to be fine. 
he'll get another shot. Like, he's not going to get canceled. No one gets canceled, but he's not going to get canceled. But I think this that. is good for the DCEU. If you think – so if we take that part out of it and we just look at it from a creative perspective, it is a good thing for the DCEU if they stay out of his way. See, the, yeah. the difference is DC has been heavily – well, not even DC. Warner Brothers has been heavily involved with the DCEU and – I think they're a big part of why it's had so little success. Um, I agree. But him doing a Suicide Squad movie in a vacuum actually sounds like a lot of fun uh, to me. So if, if they could re like just forget that the previous movie existed and start it from <laughs> scratch I, with James Gunn I, I on, the, think, on the creative tip, I'd be down. Yep. I honestly think they might do something like and maybe not maybe like a soft reboot where it's like they have some of the original cast but not everybody yeah and they do something a little different give us a better joker yeah so apparently they're thinking about hiring him to write it and direct it um my thing with james gunn is you know even after those tweets he seemed to like learn like he like even before this shit came out he addressed this in the past and talked about like how he made dumb, true, yeah. dumb choices and they were bad decisions at a point in his life where he didn't, he wasn't that, he wasn't around diverse people and he didn't understand different cultures. And, he, and this was like before all this shit came out. So mm-hmm. from, you know, I don't ever know like with a straight white male how good or bad of a person they are. But from all accounts, he seemed to become a much better person. So, you know, I, the problem with so many things is like people are like, um, you know, everybody should get a second chance. But, you know, you only really should get a second chance when you deserve it. Like, you do. Like, right. You it depends on what the first chance was. Right. Raping Whatever. children, no. Right. But joking about it? I mean, I got a dark sense of humor, too. I know I've said some shit in real right. life that if I ever tweeted would come back to haunt me. <laughs> exactly. I definitely have. And <laughs> he, and not only that, but, like, and you put in some type of work. Like, you, you show that you're trying to be a better person. And that... That means, you know, I'm not, I don't really boycott anything, honestly, but I, I'm not going to be a type of person that boycotts this film. If he does this, I'll go see the film. I'm not. He's no. not the kind, he, he's not the level that I would boycott. No. So like an example would be Louis C.K., someone that I absolutely loved for years, but knowing what I now know, I can't not, I can't watch him without that association. But Louis C.K. is even worse because after everything came out, he, he tried, didn't apologize. He made this first statement talking about, like, you know, I was absolutely wrong. I did those things. It was fucked up, blah, 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 blah. And then I just saw an article, like, a few weeks ago that, like, he was doing some more fuck shit, like, recently. Like, talking about oh, it. Oh, really? Making jokes about it or something like that. His first set. And I'm like, clearly you didn't learn shit. Like, you didn't learn shit. Well, also, when he came out to acknowledge what he had done, what he said is, if the women were offended by what I did, then I am sorry. And let me tell you that that is not a fucking apology. You should no. be apologi- You should apologize for doing fucked up shit and mean it. You shouldn't apologize only if somebody is offended. Correct. So number one, that angers me. Number two, you haven't done anything in service of the women whose careers you destroyed in doing this and then blacklisting them. And so, no, you don't get a second chance to your career. I don't need you. Like, Plus, you're so rich right now. The, the only thing is that you don't get to do what you want to do anymore. It's not like you're going to suffer or be in the poorhouse or anything like that. And if if that's true, that his jokes when he's coming back on stage are related to the to that shit, then 
fuck you all the way. Like, just all the way fuck you. But, like, with James Gunn, I have, I have this mixed feeling. Because, like, yeah, his jokes were pretty gross and stuff. But, again, like I said, I have a dark sense of humor. I've said some fucked up shit. My husband has a dark sense of humor. D- together, our powers combined. We have pro- we could we could probably end our careers if, if we tweeted what we say sometimes. Um, but that's but we're joking in the privacy of our own home. Uh, James Gunn, he hasn't tweeted since his uh, uh, acknowledgement and apology. And it did seem like a real apology. It was mm-hmm. like, look, Absolutely. I you know, like you said, I learned I'm trying to improve myself. I mean, th- I'm sure there's things about him that are gross because there's things about everybody that are gross. But I, it doesn't strike me as the level of stuff like for him to be punished as hard as he was by the Marvel universe compared to a Woody Allen or a Louis CK or any of these other fuckers that are out there right now. Um, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem right. And I am upset that the guardians trilogy isn't going to, isn't going to wrap with, uh, with James, because I think what he did for that obscure ass book was so amazing. If he can bring that same magic to, to suicide squad, I definitely would be more on board. I like, my hatred of Jared Little trumps everything else that happens with the super <laughs> to the Suicide Squad, so I don't know if I'd see it, but I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it based off of James Gunn, if that makes sense. Yep. So, but the Batista st- or that's some. Stuff that's what to I was talk about, about to say. Dave Batista cannot be serious right now. Like, he's is he this stupid? He's gonna fuck up this Marvel money. Man, be. he is a ride or die bitch. Like, I don't understand what's going. I don't understand the love affair that deep that I you're am. willing to just like throw a middle finger up at Marvel. Like, I understand being mad, but well, I get it to an extent. I mean, because Dave Batista was a pro wrestler who got out of pro wrestling and turned to acting, and this dude gave him his first break. Like, Dave Batista's been in so many movies since Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's continuing yeah. to get roles. And in his mind, he owes all of it to James Gunn taking a chance on him as Drax. And he's done a good job at Drax, like a very good job. He does. He's, but a, he's a great at it. In his mind, none of his life would be possible right now without James Gunn. So I get it. I get why you would ride for somebody like that. I get it. But listen, man, you really want to go jump on that ship? Of, <laughs> do you really want to take your chance as Bane in the DCEU when you have this perfect role? Like this role is, it's like I cannot picture anybody else's Drax right I now. I can't either. It's such a good role what for you, him. What do you think, Mike? I mean, if I you feel were like Dave Batista, would you give up Drax to go be Bane? Well, see, you're asking me, a very diehard Batman fan. I feel like I shouldn't answer that question, but <laughs> I'm you saying you have to recuse yourself. <laughs> I have to recuse myself. But I think he's just. I mean, I get his loyalty though. Like, it's kind of nice in some. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. I don't. I mean, what is he gonna do after Infinity War anyway? You know what I mean? Like, what's left for Drax anyway? Like, he's, he's kind of done with Drax. That's fair. But no, they're making a Mar- They're making a Guardians three. Yeah, I know. I'm sure. Well, his contract, he's gonna have to probably do Guardians three. But after that, what's left for Drax? Another Guardians movie. Another Avengers movie. He could have a, I don't think he could carry a solo film, but he could have a buddy cop film with somebody. Like, there's infinite things you can do. All them damn films DC announced that are ridiculous, you can't, you think you can't come up with something for Dave? I think after well, he's okay. done playing Drax, okay, that's fine. I'm not mad fun. at anybody going to the DC universe after if yeah. their character is done. I'm not mad at that. And I'm not even mad about him, of all people, being Bane. We have yet to see a, a Bane 
in comics. live action that matches any version of Bane that we've had in right. the comics. Um, and and like I said, Tom Hardy is my Caucasian of choice. So like I I'm partial to to Tom Hardy. And even though that Bane wasn't Bane, I just think of him as a different character that happened to be called Bane. I don't connect it to the Bane that I know. If that makes sense. I agree. Um, so like I'm fine with him playing that character, but. I feel like we do need to resolve this Guardians thing first. It would be weird for him to go both ways. And the thing is, he's not... They're probably not going to even have him talk that much if he is Bane. Yeah, you I, know, I agree. He's just going to be garbly. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'll be fine with it. Like, yeah, Bane, it's uh, fine. Bane should probably be a, uh, a Latino. It's an accent. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was a... Uh, um... What is a he? Is he white? He might not be. I don't. I can't tell. Dave Batista is white. Yes, he's from Washington D.C. By the way, too, Mike. In case you didn't know, oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's why Marvel Studios is significantly better than D.C. slash Warner Brothers. So Ant Man the Wasp director says they discussed making Janet Van Dyne a villain. So Marvel probably saw that and said. What the fuck are you doing? You're not making <laughs> Janet Van Dyne a villain. Get the fuck out of here. This is stupid. And they didn't do it. DC would have saw that and been like, oh, that's surprising. You'll trick people. They'll never see it coming. And people would have hated it. Is that necessary? That's what would have happened. That's exactly what would have happened. Um, so, yeah, good for them. Uh, making a decision like that. Um See what else we got here. Uh, they're making a Harriet Tubman biopic. Did you see that, Charmaine? I did. Well, I've known about it for a while. It's being produced by Jordan Peele, right? Yep. That is, and the script is directed by Casey Lemons from a script the latter co wrote Gregory Allen Howard. He wrote Remember the Titans and Ali. Um, I kind of want them to do it like she's a superhero. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool. But I kind of do. <laughs> I the actress that they're picking for her too. Um, Cynthia I'm Rubio. Not, yeah, I'm not super familiar with her, but I have seen her in something recently, and I thought she was pretty good. So it'll be interesting. I I think it'll be good. You know who I picked? Who I thought would be the best Harriet Tubman is uh, my girl. Um, uh, why the fuck did it just slip my head? From How to Get Away with Murder. Viola oh, Davis. Viola Davis. Well, I would actually picture um, her, her, the the uh, Octavia. Oh yeah, Octavia. Yeah, Octavia. I would, would, I, would I would picture her for like older, you know, the older version of her or mm-hmm. whatever. But either of those actresses have the chops for it. Here, here's my thing. This is and this is mixed mixed black girl perspective thing. I'm I'm happy to have like a female lead you know, strong black woman role movie out there. Like the more we get of those, I, I like, I will gobble those movies up, but I also have this feeling about anything that's slave era or the, 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 it, even like the Emmett Till movie that's coming up and stuff like that. I, I have feelings about this trauma porn of our history as black Americans, you mm-hmm. know, like that, because, you know, to do a period piece, you can't avoid those things, but, I wish we could just have movies of black people living regular lives that isn't about black trauma. Yeah, that's So true. I hope that they can kind of tell this story through 
all of the the good that she did, even though there's going to be tragedy and things like that, where the focus isn't on the trauma, like the trauma porn of it all. Like 12 Years of Slave, watching Lupita Nyong'o get beat like that, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm just, I'm so worn down by seeing movies like that, that I, I hope that they can, not to whitewash it in any way, but to focus on, like, you know, her strong spirit and you know, all the things that she had to go through to make this happen to save all these people and that that's more the focus than than just like watching black bodies get beat the fuck up on screen all the time by white people. That's real. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Um, Venom did well in the box office, apparently. Yep. Uh, so people, but you know, BVS did well in the box office too. Uh, after initial estimates, Venom had eyeball in eight sixty million plus opening. Uh, suspected to pretty marvelous eighty million dollar opening. Uh, so that's pretty good. Stars Born made forty two point two million, which is a very good film, by the way. Um, so yeah, uh, the movie wasn't good, but it made a lot of money. So good for them, you know. They'll probably. <laughs> but it was going to make a lot of money, even if it wasn't, you know. Right. Like a comic book movie nowadays, I'm, their opening weekends are going to be strong. I'm far more interested in the sequel than this film, especially with Woody Harrelson as carnage uh sign me up for that um but yeah yeah i was interested i heard you guys' last show when you talked about it and i was interested about why Woody <coughs> harrelson was so perfectly casted for that because i've also seen that written in a lot of the forums and stuff like that where people are just like the best thing about venom was seeing woody harrelson as carnage because um, he plays a crazy person so good you see natural born killers right yeah, but I was really young when I watched it, and and I don't I, I like Woody Harrelson a lot, but I associate Woody Harrelson Harrelson with goofy white guy Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I don't like I I have a really hard time taking him serious when he does those like crazy or criminal type roles. Um, I thought his scene in Venom was great, but um, and my hu- my husband feels kind of the same. Like my husband, when he sees Woody Harrelson, he thinks of like white man can't jump and and Woody yeah, from Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, so like when he plays other characters, like the guy in um, in the Planet of the Apes movie or uh, the the guy in Seven Psychopaths. Like, did you see True Detective? You just see no. I didn't want. I I don't like. Um, all right, all right, all right. I can't watch that guy. <laughs> I can't Matthew watch McConaughey. That guy. Yeah, and the other part too is I used to work live in Austin, and I worked at the film festival, and he was a presence in Austin, and oh it's just like I'm so I, jealous of you. The amount of people that are on his dick when he is just so talentless, I can't, I can't. Even his his entourage is like obnoxious as fuck, um, and so I can't, I can't separate. In some cases, not everybody, but like in some cases, that's one I can't separate from just the piece of shit that he is as a person. <laughs> I'm trying so hard right now to move to Austin or LA. Austin's I, great. I'm so it really is. And I fucking love Austin. My dream is to work at the University of Texas for some reason. I have no idea. We live there because that's where my husband went to school. And I mean, every night of the week, you can see any kind of music that you can yes. drink up. I'm walking down 6th Street, we saw um, German hip hop, which was pretty crazy and weird um <laughs> like like japanese heavy metal um i saw i saw all of my favorite like i'm an old school hip-hop girl so i saw de la soul i saw well i saw um guru from gangstar i saw all almost every member of wu-tang but not together uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh 
yeah, and like uh, part of like tribe when they were kind of together again and then not, you know, stuff like that. So like you can see anything and seeing big acts and small venues that are on Sixth Street is fucking amazing. There's no other way. There's no other way to do it. It's great. You'd love it if you can, if you can make it happen. You, it's it's great. I love it. Yeah, I'm trying really. I didn't appreciate it, it while I was there, but in hindsight, I'm I really do love that town. Uh, Mike, did you see that they're making a Mega Man movie? Yeah, I'm not. I never was really attached to Mega Man. I I don't care about it. I mean, I can do Mega Man is dare back dare in you. your day, Charmaine. <laughs> no, I just said, how dare you, sir? <laughs> so, Mega Charmaine, Man is the shit. Will you be going to see a Mega Man film? Is it live action? Mega Man is poised to finally make a jump from the 8-bit to the silver screen. Capcom today announced it's producing a live action adaptation of Mega Man. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, uh, it's so <laughs> grounded in that 8-bit world. Like, okay, first of all, who could even play him? I don't know. I don't I, know who plays I, Mega Man. I, I that is an excellent like question. <laughs> Like, I think little girl Charmaine would be like, yay, but like 40 year old Charmaine is like, um, I don't know. I have no idea how I feel about this. Because, okay, so I hated when they when they did the American version of, well, the American version they call Astro Boy, but in, in Japanese, he's called, um, uh, his name is Tetsuan, mm -hmm. the Mighty Adam. And I fucking love Tetsuo on the Mighty Adam. I even I still have a doll that I kind of sleep with sometimes because of Mighty Adam, and I love him. And I hated when they converted him to Astro Boy, and I hated seeing the animation that they chose for his movie, so I refused to see it. Um, Mega Man would be kind of on par with that. Like I, I would have to see the first like sketches to see what they're gonna do for me to be okay with it. I mean, I love I I would love the idea of it if it worked out, but if it doesn't, which I feel like it probably won't. I don't know. I have no idea who could play him to satisfaction. Okay, so you and Mike are both both iffy on the Mega Man. All right, okay. But I'm excited for people to learn about Mega Man who don't know about Mega Man. I didn't even know Mega Man had a story. I don't know shit about that story. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I guess. Like, we just watched him walk across the screen and shooting shit with his arm growing up on, you know, when he played him on, on Nintendo, or was he on Sega? What was his game on Sega? I think it might have been on Sega Genesis or something. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, I know. I, there was a Mega Man cartoon, like a Japanese cartoon that I loved when I was little, too. Um, Do you watch anime? Uh not as much now as I used to, but like I like a lot of the older anime. I haven't gotten into a lot of the stuff that the kids are watching these days. Um, like I, I liked Bleach when it was first out. I, I, um, I have one that I really love called Dragon Half. She's half dragon, half person, which is you know, awesome. And um, and then like you know Voltron and uh, Mike loves Voltron. All, you know, the things that were big in the 80s were the ones that I was really into. Um, there's a few, uh, Yoko, Dragon um, Dragon Hunter, and stuff like that I was really into. But I don't watch anything modern, like new, anything right now. Uh, Charmaine, did you hear about... Um, did you hear about The Rock playing John Henry? Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm cool with with Rock playing characters 
that are blackish as a mixed race person it's tough like you know we don't have a whole lot of famous mixed race stories so um someone's got to do it and he's super famous so yeah i guess i get and he's mass you know super masculine and super buff and stuff so i get why he would be tapped for it i think there's a lot of people upset because it's not full black no it's not even that it's that he he kind of like never because you know you know the thing with like a lot of people you know when you're when you're mixed with your darker skin you know you're black to to the world right but the rock kind of portrays himself as like other i guess you could say it like kind of focuses on like the pacific islander of it all yeah but he like even in the movies like or anything he just you know he never has a black love interest he's never he does always have black kids though or mixed race kids, yeah. Or, or mixed kids, yeah. But he's always just like, you know, he always is portrayed as like this racial ambiguous person. Yeah. So people are kind of upset because they're basically like, you know, if you, you know, if you like accepted or portrayed yourself as your black side or your blackness more, then, you know, that's fine. But to play like a black, like a black, black folk hero that's the issue yeah and you're you don't even really like you know what makes me nervous about it is the colorism aspect of it like the john henry that story is is you know we're we're talking about a time period (laughs) um which yeah it's not like it would have been impossible for him to be mixed race if he was but that's not the information that we have plus there's a whole legend portion you know like i don't know it makes sense that you would get a dark skin muscular person to play that role and there's nobody famous super famous right now that necessarily would you know probably be tapped for it i don't know but i agree like i mean especially as a mixed race person like i live my full mixed picture as much as i can like i'm Mm -hmm. like i I mostly identify with the black side even though i present very racially ambiguous black people can usually tell most other people can't usually people (laughs) think i'm dominican or puerto rican or filipino you know i don't uh, no one ever guesses what i am like no one's ever gonna walk up and be like hey are you a quarter black a quarter japanese and half white um you know like that (laughs) never happens um, and so a- as a mixed race person, I'm sensitive to, you know, living my mixed, you know, personality, like telling you I'm mixed and everything and like that, not necessarily trying to take the role. Like I would never audition for a role that is considered like a black role because I wouldn't be appropriate for it. Like, I know there's no place for me in Wakanda. It's sealed, you know, but I love Wakanda mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll support it from, from outside the bubble. Um, so yeah, with with him playing this character, like I I feel like I get it, but at the same time, like you said, because he doesn't walk around in his blackness and he usually just kind of promotes the sort of Pacific Islander side of him, it does seem kind of weird that all of a sudden he wants to do this, but I don't know his motivation behind it too. Right. Um if it's lending his fame to a story like this, you know, yeah, maybe, but he could have produced it and and right put up someone like Trevante or something, you know, another, you know, actor. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think it would have worked better that way. Um, yeah, he, he's a strange one for me. I, I do like him. I like his personality and stuff like that, but I, as a mixed person, like I wish he was living his mixed 
ness more. I agree. It would help us out trying to get representation and stuff like that. Uh, Mike, you got anything else for us this week? Um, <clears throat> I can't think of anything. I think that's that covers it for me. Uh, Charmaine, what do you got coming up on the podcast this week? Um. I'm waiting for Blurred Vision to see Venom so that we can we can do our little uh, movie review version of it um, <laughs> this weekend. And I have, well, today I released an episode on Militantly Mixed that I'm super excited about. My guest was uh, Sonia Smith-King. She is the creator of uh, the Mixed Up Clothing Line, which is a clothing line for mixed-race children. It's, it'll be like a an Asian top, but with a Mexican print or something like that. It's like mixing cultures, and then it comes with a little story as, associated with every article of clothing to kind of teach people about multiple uh, multiracial people. Uh, and she also was the reason why there's a mixed he- race heritage day at the Dodger stadium. And they're trying to push it to- across all stadiums. Um, or, you know, however many sports that they can pick up. And, uh, and she was awesome to talk to. So that was on today. Uh, I still haven't decided who my, I have like 10 episodes banked, So I have to go through my episodes and figure out who I'm going to, who I'm going to have next week for militantly mixed, but yeah, we'll probably do a venom review and, um, and yeah, but I just love talking about mixed race shit. So anybody who's listening, if you don't listen to my show, listen to my show and then come on my show and talk to me about being mixed. Yes. Go listen to the show. And thank you so much for coming on our show. Like this was awesome. Yes. It was fun. I love talking comics and shit with people. And I, I, I'm surprised I haven't done it as much on my own shows as I, as I have with you guys so far. <laughs> yeah. Get back into the books. They're, they're they're Especially Marvel is really good. Now DC is good too, in a different way. But Marvel is like really hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, uh, I have like certain books that I've gotten on digital just because I'm too lazy to leave my house. But um, yeah, I and, do yeah. mostly digital, honestly. You do? Yeah. I, well, yeah. What you saying, I like Mike? going to a book. Uh, I, was, I like going to a store. Yeah, I, I, I get the hard copies of most of them. I just like, you know, having the. I like the art and stuff. Having I bought a, uh, I bought a like magazine spinner rack for my room where i put all my best ones and are like, you serious so, yeah it looks really <laughs> i thought it was gonna be dumb but it actually looks really good i'm not gonna lie i reckon brandon if you got a lot or if anyone has a lot i i recommend they're not even that expensive on amazon but it looks really good awesome. and like you put all the i put all those with my favorite covers up and like some of my favorite books so it looks cool Nice. Oh, you know, here's some geeky shit. It didn't happen this week, but I did hang it this week. If that, if that, if that helps. Um, a couple months ago, someone sent me a Japanese version of the Black Panther poster. Uh, it's a mini poster, and to this day, no one's claimed who sent it to me. It's just still a mystery. But I got it framed in in black and purple matting, and the shit looks amazing oh my husband finally hung up for me above my desk so uh so yeah i have a japanese uh, i have a black panther poster on my wall from japan that's framed and looks hot as shit oh that's dope (laughs) um all right so definitely go check out charmaine on a militantly mixed and militantly mixed black as fuck podcast Uh, go listen it's it's a really good show everything she talked about today like a lot of the stuff she talks about on the show and then a lot more serious shit than we talk about as well. But that's, you know, great too because I like to talk about that just down on here. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can follow me on Twitter, I talk about this shit nonstop. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast at Spotify. Mike will be back with Devin. We'll be doing The Gifted sometime this weekend whenever I can watch it. I'm holding us back this time, so that's on me. Um <laughs> 
So we will be back soon. Thank you guys for listening. And Thanks I'm going to play the other version of Shawn Michaels' song to go out. Down my spine, just my sexy voice.